The GX on Agriculture podcast is brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get rolling again sooner. GX on Agriculture with Doug Falconer. Good afternoon and welcome to GX on Agriculture. Coming up on today's program, the latest Manitoba crop report is out. We'll tell you how crop development is coming along in our neighboring province. And of course, there are renewed calls for more protection for farmers signing grain contracts. That's after some oat producers were hit with a unilateral contract cancellation. We'll hear from APAS President Ian Boxall on that. Canada's Farm Show continues in Regina, and one of the first products on the launch pad yesterday was Honeybee Manufacturing's newest Airflex Combine header. We'll hear from their North American sales manager on that. Creating a startup company is a complex task which requires a significant amount of time, but try doing it in just one day. That's what five teams had to do at Canada's Farm Show yesterday. We'll speak to one of the organizers and we'll also speak to the winners and of course it's week eight of the spring edition of gx94 supper in the field we'll be heading out tonight and you will hear a little later on the program exactly where we'll be going so all of those stories and much more coming up on today's edition of gx on agriculture but first it's time for the agriculture outlook with precision weather and that's a presentation of Milligan Bio. Milligan Bio now offers bio meal for your livestock, giving your animals more protein, more energy, and more of what they need. It's also brought to you by Sean Prahitka, your Remax Blue Chip Ag Division Specialist. Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. Now that spring seeding is wrapped up in Manitoba, many farmers are hoping for significant rainfall. James Fry is an applied production specialist with Manitoba Agriculture based in Roblin. He says crop development is moving along nicely. We've wrapped up seeding. I think the last canola reseed probably is all done. And so uh, those uh, fields probably are looking like they're you know just emerging out of the ground. So it's good to be able to park the seeding equipment for at least for the spring and move on to other tasks. We've had uh, some moisture across the northwest region. Uh, the high point, as far as the provincial weather station is concerned, the high uh, moisture mark was at San Clara with just about an inch. But uh, in the same region, you know, we've had extremely variable moisture. So areas like Alonsa and, uh, you know, closer further east have received actually just 14% of the precipitation, normal precipitation for the year. So it's a reason for concern perhaps for some of them. So good moisture in some locations and quite poor moisture in others. Fry says the spring wheat is looking really good. It's kind of ranging from about the fourth leaf to full flag leaf in some cases if it was seeded quite early. So, you know, that's something to watch for in terms of uh, if herbicide has not been applied to uh, fields yet, just to be watching those the crop staging. Uh, and winter cereals also are looking, for the most part, very good, uh, ranging kind of anywhere from flowering to, um, in fact, uh, you know, kind of into that milk or even soft dough for fall rye, for example. So 
especially with cereals that are just coming into flowering. If you are in an area where it's been wet enough and you're thinking about fungicide, that's something to consider as well as just the timing that uh, is needed to hit those windows there. As for field peas in northwest Manitoba? I would say that uh, every field pea, I, uh, pea field I've seen looks pretty good. Um, they're kind of in that V8 or V9, which is to say they're you know, the different leaf stages. So one thing to watch for is kind of a newer bug in our area called uh, pea weevil, which has been notching uh, the leaves. It kind of just nibbles on the leaves. seems to be hitting the leaves lower down in the plant, so you might not see it unless you kind of get down into the, into the canopy a little bit. So far, we haven't seen that that's actually uh, causing any kind of slowing of the plant growth <clears throat> or um, you know, uh, not, not necessarily any kind of economic thresholds to attach to that yet. So, um, but just something to be watching for. And similarly, actually, we've seen a lot of weevil um, damage in alfalfa. So alfalfa weevils, uh, which, you know, as, as people would be taking off the first cut, some producers are, if they've seen really high infestations, they're looking perhaps at, at doing a spray to control those um, as the alfalfa would grow back. Fry says soybeans are coming along as well. Soybeans are, are I think, grow, just, you know, kind of growing well and minding their own business. Um, you know, they're, they're advancing quite quickly with uh, areas that have been getting more heat. Um, of course, they they're also love moisture, so some of, the, some of the regions were towards the east of the region where um, they're probably more prevalent. Uh, th- those areas have been drier, so we may see kind of an unfortunate trade-off where the areas that probably are receiving the least moisture are the ones that are probably planting soybean the most. So I'm hoping that we get some good rainfall there. He says canola is looking good in northwest Manitoba too. I think it's looking great. Uh, It's starting to get into that nice cabbage uh, stage. Of course, if things were just reseeded recently, uh, they're going to be, you know, a lot um, further behind. But uh, we're now in that stage where, you know, it's um, starting to fill out and get some good ground cover in there. So I think uh, in terms of flea beetle pressure, I don't know that we have as much to worry about anymore. It's probably going to grow right through anything you can throw at it. And Fry says pasture conditions vary across the region. Pastures are kind of going to reflect how much moisture has been had. So, you know, in in areas, um, you know, where rainfall has been a little more predictable or more steady, uh, pastures look good uh, and the dugouts look good. Uh, I think in some of those areas where uh, it's been just the odd thunderstorm that's moved in uh, or not, uh, pastures looking a little sparser and uh you know and hay would also look a little sparser and uh dugouts you know in some areas are only 50 percent full so you know there's some concern that unless things get wetter um then that dugouts might you know dry out so so far so good but we we will need rain before too long for those regions james fry is an applied production specialist with manitoba agriculture based in roblin It's time now for the Beef and Forage Report, and that's a presentation of Co-op Hail Insurance. Beef and Forage Report. For the week ending June 17th, Western Canadian feeder cattle prices were quoted $2 to $5 higher on average compared to seven days earlier. 
However, larger packages of quality yearlings traded $8 to $10 per hundredweight above week-ago levels. The market was hard to define because available supplies are dwindling at this time of year. The quality of cattle was extremely variable, and discounts for fleshier stragglers ballooned last week. Alberta packers were buying fed cattle on a dress basis at $415 per hundredweight delivered, which was a fresh record high. Using a 60% grading, live values would equate to $249 delivered. And that's today's Beef and Forage Report. It's time now for the Ag Review portion of our program, and that's a presentation of New Era Ag Technologies in Swan River. EX94 Ag Review. There's been a divergence of prices between green and red lentils so far in 2023. That's according to Lavon Sargsyan of Johnston's Grain in Wellwood. Sargsyan says he hasn't seen too many acres of green lentils signed up for this year, while it's the opposite case for the reds. As for the greens, he suggests farmers are very likely to remain on the sidelines until they see prices improve. That could come with continued dry conditions on the Canadian prairies, along with a boost in export demand. The exception, he says, are dark speckled lentils, as their price was 60 cents per pound when farmers signed up. He stresses these lentils are a niche market, with the harvest usually exported to France. The British Columbia government says a new $20 million flood mitigation program for the Fraser Valley will help support farmers and food resiliency in prime agricultural areas that were inundated by floodwaters in November of 2021. A statement from the Agriculture Ministry says the funding will be used for community-scale projects that protect and restore local ecosystems and wetlands, such as culvert improvements, embankment stabilization, and crop diversification. It says individual farms affected by the 2021 flooding may also be eligible for funding to support projects such as erosion control, the development of natural buffers and drainage systems, and improving storage for fuel and animal feed. The Fraser Valley Flood Mitigation Program is part of a $200 million investment in food security announced by the B.C. government in March. Unionized workers at Olimel's Bacon Processing Plant at Drummondville, Quebec, have voted to accept a four-year deal, ending a three-week strike. Olimel announced Friday that CSN represented workers at the Bacon Inter-America facility, who'd been on strike since May 26th, voted 93.6% in favor of the deal. Olimel says the size of the vote in favor of the deal will allow for a serene resumption of plant operations from the beginning of next week after verification of the availability of the raw material, that is, pork bellies. The company also said it believes the improvements in the agreement will be a positive factor for the work climate as well as for hiring and retention of employees. The new agreement comes during a particularly unprofitable spell for Olimel, which has already been in deep cost-cutting mode for months. Canada's National Statistics Agency has revealed new weights for the basket of goods and services in its consumer price index, giving more prominence to changes in the prices of food and gasoline. 
The reweighting, which Statistics Canada carries out every year, has historically had only a marginal impact on the headline number. The new basket weights will be applied to May's inflation data due out on June 27th. The rebalancing reflects changes in 2022 compared to 2021. StatsCan says the alterations were designed to take into account the continuing recovery of the impact of COVID-19. COVID-related measures and disruptions to supply chains helped push Canadian inflation up to a near 40-year high of 8.1% in June last year. It has now dropped to 4.4%, still more than double the Bank of Canada's 2% target. Mexico's president has announced he will sign an agreement this week with makers of the country's food staple tortillas that ensures they only use non-genetically modified white corn while also setting new tariffs on imports of the grain. Tariffs on white corn imports from countries that do not have trade deals with Mexico will promote more domestic purchases, but without saying if the restrictions might push prices up. Mexico, the birthplace of modern corn, is mostly self-sufficient in white corn, but does import massive quantities of yellow corn largely used for livestock. The country is also embroiled in a trade dispute with the United States over the president's decree to limit the use of GM corn, particularly for human consumption, since nearly all the imports come from U.S. suppliers. And be sure to listen to the latest GX on Agriculture podcast. It's brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Please stay tuned. GX on Agriculture will return in one minute's time. Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. I'm Doug Falconer. It's sunny and 21 degrees in the Yorkton-Melville region. I'll have your complete weather details coming up at the top of the hour. There are renewed calls for more protection for farmers signing grain contracts. The Agricultural Producers Association of Saskatchewan wants the Federal Agriculture Minister to provide some direction to the Canadian Grain Commission. After some oat producers were hit with a unilateral contract cancellation, APAS President Ian Boxall spoke yesterday from his hometown of Tisdale. There's been some oat contracts cancelled for some producers that, you know, I think the lawsuit is in the tens of millions of dollars, upwards of sixty million dollars that these producers are out. And this is the second year in a row with the drought 2021, and then this issue in 22 where. Farmers have faced issues with contracts that really needs fixed. He tells us who he thinks was to blame. I think it was their customer that had the issue. But at the end of the day, we need contracts fixed. Agriculture in Canada is a billion-dollar industry, and it's time that the producer selling the grain had some protection within these contracts. They are one-sided. They're complicated wording. There's no protection in there for producers. And we face enough risks in what we do already with fluctuation of markets, both on our what we sell and on our inputs and the issues we have with Mother Nature and weather. And there's enough risk that when it comes to selling our grain and the partnership that a farmer has with the grain buyer, we need some protection. It's time that the government got a backbone and changed the legislation so that we had protection in grain contracts. Boxall says some oat producers are out a lot of money. Based off the court documents that we've seen, it's, you know, there's producers out anywhere from $200,000 to $10 million. It's a big hit for Saskatchewan producers. 
and it's the grain company pulled force majeure. And if you look up force majeure in the dictionary, it's an act of God. How is their buyer backing out an act of God? But yet the drought of 2021, when farmers were faced with shortfalls on grain contracts they signed, that's not force majeure. Like we don't have that provision in the grain contract where we can do that. So there is no protection for producers. And as time it was changed. He says Ottawa has done nothing about the situation for two years now. No, I, we haven't heard anything on grain contracts. Nobody seems to have an appetite or the guts to change it, to, a guts to go up against the, the grain buyers, but it's time. Two years in a row, farmers are paying the bill on two different issues, and it's time. You know, we're going into show season here where all these grain buyers are going to be at all these farm shows across the prairies. They're going to be wanting farmers to sign up grain and, and sign up contracts with these grain buyers, and farmers need to ask the questions. What's in here to protect me? Boxall is hesitant to get a lawyer involved every time a producer prepares to sign a contract. Well, boy, that sure makes it complicated if every single time I want to sell grain, I need to take it to a lawyer. We need to get the, we need to get the conditions understandable, right? Get it down into layman's terms, get them understandable, get the contract somewhat fair, give us some provisions in there for some protection. It's just it's an it's an uneven field right now, and all of the power is in the, in the hands of the grain buyer and... You know, this is a billion-dollar industry in Canada, and, and we are lagging when it comes to grain contracts and the protection for the seller. And he says producers simply didn't realize that force majeure would apply to act of God. I think when you sign a contract, I think, and I think it works both ways. And, and I think there's always a there's always a level of respect and trust when you do that. Same as when we signed them in 2021. I'm not saying that we shouldn't have, that you know, farmers made mistakes in 21 overselling their grain. But that's no different than the mistake this grain buyer made, putting all his eggs in one basket for these oats, right? And at the end of the day, the farmer's paying the bill. Both in 2021 and in this issue in 2022, farmers have paid the bill. Ian Boxall is the president of the Agricultural Producers Association of Saskatchewan. He wants Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bibeau to instruct the Canadian Grain Commission to make changes to regulations involving contracts between farmers and grain companies. Livestock Market Conditions U.S. Live Cattle Futures for August closed at 169.75 today. That's up five. October Live Cattle closed at 172.95, down 50. August Feeder cattle closed at 227.72, down 4.42. September feeder cattle closed at 231.42, down 4.20. July lean hogs closed at 94.75, down 1.10. August lean hogs closed at 92.77, down 42. And that's the livestock market conditions. One of the first products on the launch pad at Canada's Farm Show yesterday was Honeybee Manufacturing's newest Airflex Combine header. Honeybee's North American sales manager, Perry Gride, says the latest model, called NXT, has several new features. One of the key features that has come along is the cab adjustable skid shoes. So that means the operator can go from zero inches in flex mode cutting on the ground uh, up to eight inches by touching the switch 
this allows them to continue to cut in flex mode, read the ground contour of it, and, and through that um, just have a lot better field performance in a wide variety of conditions. Uh, overall, there's other aspects of our narrow end shields, just a lot of little features that will be nice little additions for farmers when they see it, but basically uh, we've added a larger cross auger. Um, with the skid shoes, with the narrow end shields, we've got a product that is an absolute beast when it comes to harvesting canola. The guys will love the vertical shear aspect of it, and, and for us going forward, it's just the uh, next stage to where we want to move with our products, and um, the platform today with the Farm Progress Show uh, just was an ideal place for us to do that launch. Gride says they wanted to make a high-performance product that's easy to use. You know, for guys uh, out there that are familiar with vacuuming, um, it's as easy to operate as running a vacuum over a carpet. Uh, that once it's set, the header does the work, the operator can sit back and en enjoy the ride, and quite often that's in difficult cutting conditions, whether it's dry or whether it's extreme wet conditions. Uh, we've got a product that can perform in that condition. He was asked about the possibility of taking it out for a test run. <laughs> uh, well, we love to do stuff like that and zip around, but unfortunately I think the city of Regina kind of frowns on us for doing stuff like that. From a sales perspective, Gride says they wanted to release it last year. In discussions with their engineering department, they just weren't quite ready for that. Uh, they felt it was important to wait one more year. Um, which reluctantly we did, but that's the value of doing that is uh, we were able to work out a few more kinks in it and have a very, very confident uh, product going forward that it's going to be durable and high performing and definitely delight our customers. So we're excited about that. He didn't say exactly how much the attachment costs, but something like that can be upwards of $200,000. Please stay tuned. GX on Agriculture will return in 60 seconds time. Future Ford has been serving the Melville area for over 30 years. They focus on the future. Their staff are ready for what's to come. Ford Tech is changing all the time with new vehicle technology like EV, self-driving, and more. Get ready to drive into the future. Why? Because the future is Future Ford. Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. Creating a startup company is a complex task which requires a significant amount of time, but try doing that in just one day. That's what five teams had to do at Canada's Farm Show as part of the 24-hour startup Ag Tech Contest. Each team had 24 hours to create a minimum viable product, then present it before a panel of three judges. $12,000 in prizes were up for grabs. Bree Wakaden, a community and partner manager at Cultivator powered by Conexus, says each team had the freedom to choose whatever issue they wanted to address with their startup. Some of the ones that we saw today were really around the labor force and just the gaps that we're seeing and the difficulty to find qualified labor. Um, as well, there was quite a few around the um, crop um, science areas and soil testing. As well, um, we have um, just different, all different verticals of egg tech. So that's the beauty of this event is that it can be a little bit of everything um, as well as succession planning for farms. So you kind of saw it all here today. Another twist was every team consisted of people who didn't know one another 
prior to the contest. These folks didn't actually know each other, so they are really coming together. They are using their different skills. They are going through both a time crunch as well as a stress crunch to really be able to put this together. So they do it on very little sleep. And when you would get up there and pitch, you would never know they just met yesterday. So we are very proud of them, and we think it's such a great event to have here at the Farm Show. In the end, Farm Forward was the winner. Tayab Sumro was a member of the winning team, focusing on the business and marketing side, he says Farm Forward addresses the issue of succession. We need young farmers doing farming. So that's one of the big issues that we're targeting. And it turns out there are young farmers who are interested in, in farming. It's not like we're, we're losing interest. It's just that there are so many barriers that are in place for them to get started that they don't, they can get started. So financial hurdles, you know, um, lack of knowledge. For someone like me who don't, doesn't have any farming background, getting into this space is, is quite challenging and resources are extremely scarce. And that's where Farm Forward comes in to fill that gap. Yeah, so what Farm Forward does is it uh, provides a, a solution to young farmer, but also to the uh, experienced farmer all at the same time. Young farmer gets to experience what it's like being in a farm and eventually own that farm that the experienced farmer is willing to sell. So it's like a, it's like a matchmaking thing where the experienced farmer gets to, exp uh, to train the young farmer and eventually sell the farming business to them, but also ensure that their farm that they have worked uh, you know, their entire life actually gets into the hands of someone who gets to you know, do something with it, who gets to take the baton forward, if you will. As for the next step, Sumro says his team is willing to take farm forward to the next level. Yeah, yeah, we are we are planning on on pursuing this and uh, and seeing uh, how far we can get and hopefully we can actually solve the problem that we're pitching here. He was quite surprised to find out his team won. It was uh, quite uh, quite a surprise, um, not because I don't believe in the idea or anything like that, but it's just because there were so many amazing ideas that you know were presented at this 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 hackathon or 24-hour startup. Um, I think um, you know, as the judges mentioned, all the five ideas that were mentioned are key problems that we're having in in agriculture. So no, I'm I'm extremely uh, excited that that our problem was considered topmost, but I think all the other problems are just as important. And Sumro was asked how his team was going to celebrate. Well, uh, after some sleep, obviously, we're going to go, uh, you know, out for some drinks and uh, and probably get some um, get some food and, and yeah, and, and strategize, I guess. Skill Harvest got second place and Upcrops took home the People's Choice Award. Commodities Update. Canola futures closed mixed in the nearby months today. July canola closed at 7.45.30, down 20 cents. November canola closed at 7.20.60, that's up $5.80. July Minneapolis wheat closed at 8.78 and three quarters, that's up 29 and three quarters of a cent. July Kansas City wheat closed at 873 and 3 quarters up 37 and 3 quarters of a cent July Chicago wheat closed at 734 and a half up 38 and 3 quarters of a cent July corn closed at 671 per bushel that's up 27 and a quarter cents 
July soybeans closed at 15.14 and three quarters, up 37 and a half cents. July oats closed at 3.97 and three quarters, up three quarters of a cent. And that's the commodities update. Please stay tuned. GX on Agriculture will be back right after this message. If- Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. A farmer from the Langenberg area believes new technology will reduce fertilizer and herbicide use, which would alleviate concerns from consumers wanting environmentally sustainable food products. Terry Eberhardt was a guest on a recent webinar organized by AgVisor Pro. It's measuring each plant individually, each weed, like things that you wouldn't even be able to see with your own eye. And these drones can fly at like 70 kilometers an hour and and pick up all that stuff. So really the limitation is how accurately we can implement that weed map. And that technology is continually evolving. And I, I believe not too far in the distant future, it may not even be a chemical application that's hitting that weed. It could be a laser. It could be, you know, a little robotic hand that literally plucks the weed out. But the level of accuracy is to a per plant level. And then the other question about how are we going to prove that? Well, this is actually, I think, quite simple because we would benchmark against a conventional practice. So the conventional practice is, you know, in a sense, carpet bombing the whole field with spray, like, Systems and technology largely over the last 50 years have evolved over farm labor limitations. So equipment as bigger and wider and chemical spray systems were specifically designed for maximum overlap, not to miss anything. They're specifically designed to hit a wide a swath as possible and hit everything that exists in the field, whether it's, you know, your crop or the dirt or the weed, right? But now we have the technology that we can go about that a different way and it's greatly going to change not only that you look at even things like john deere has come out where it's spraying starter fertilizer literally on every seed what kind of efficiency improvement is that as well and so we believe that this pristine ingredients label not only can you know we're we're driving it towards the green on green and chemical reduction because i think that's the biggest fish to fry but we also believe that hey if you're a farmer using john deere's fancy technology to spray starter fertilizer on every seed versus dribble it in the whole seed row which isn't efficient maybe that's worth something too right and so again we feel there's this opportunity to use this to help educate the consumer on how crops are being grown and how technology is being used in a positive way we're not going to be oh this organic or no GMO is no good or it's BS or whatever. It's a hoax. I don't care. I just want to tell this positive story of how farmers are using technology and practices to do things in a better way. And whatever other people do somewhere else, that's their baby. Terry Aberhart is with Aberhart Farms in the Langenberg area. He was a guest on a May 30th webinar called Connecting the Consumer to Agriculture. It was organized by AgVisor Pro. Please stay tuned. We'll announce our GX94 Supper in the Field winner right after this. Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. I'm Doug Falconer. It's week eight of the spring edition of GX94's Supper in the Field. We'll be bringing out supper for eight weeks in the spring and eight weeks in the fall. We had 207 entries yesterday 
and I called our lucky winner this morning. Hello? Oh, good morning. Is this Kaylee? This is her. Hi, Kaylee. It's Doug Falconer calling from GX94 Radio in Yorkton. How are you today? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Good, good. We drew your name for supper in the field today. You did? We did. Wow. Would okay, we be able to bring you out some exciting. supper? Yeah, we can bring you out some supper tonight? Uh, yeah, you sure can. That's Kaylee and Tyson Bomberak of the Stockholm District. Our sponsors for GX94 Supper in the Field are Milligan Bio, Farm Credit Canada, Gowan Canada, Sask Milk, Jump.ca, LDC, Smith Steel, Minute Muffler and Brake, Yorkton Auction Centre, Maple Ag and Outdoor, the Saskatchewan Institute of Agrologists, the Chalet Restaurant, and Razor Cellar at the Yorkton Hotel. Farm Bulletin Board. The East Central Research Station near Yorkton is hosting a tour next Wednesday. That's June 28th at 1.15 in the afternoon. And uh, Mike Hall will be leading it. He's been the research coordinator for the Yorkton Research Farm since 2013. The farm is a collaborative effort between the East Central Research Foundation and Parkland College. Prior to 2013, Mike was a farm consultant in the Yorkton area for seven years and a crop specialist with Alberta Agriculture for 10 years. So they'll be meeting at the main farm site at 1.15 in the afternoon. Parking is available on-site on the lawn. The tour will take place from 1.30 to 3.30. The presentation by Mike Hall about the farm, the relationship between the Central Research Foundation and Parkland College, and the City of Yorkton. You can travel to the plots on trailers with bleachers for visitors, and there is water on hand and there is a porta potty at the farm site as well. So you must RSVP by June 26 to Denise at philipchuckmanagement.com. And that's all the time we have for today's Farm Bulletin Board. It's now 1 o'clock in Saskatchewan, 2 o'clock in Manitoba. Time to check the GX94 Precision Weather Forecast for the Quill Lakes, Hudson Bay, Swan River, Broadview Mooseman Indian Head, and Yorkton, Melville, Roblin, Russell regions today. Partly to mainly sunny, winds west-northwest at 15 to 30, and a high of 22 degrees. For tonight, a few clouds, winds southwest at 10 to 20, a low of 11. For tomorrow, partly sunny, winds west-northwest at 10 to 20, a high of 23, an overnight low of 10. For Friday, partly sunny, winds southwest at 10 to 20, a high of 25. Saturday, mainly sunny, a high of 24. And Sunday, partly sunny, a high of 27. In the Paw, it's 26 degrees, Swan River and Dauphin, 23. Brandon, 20. Show Lake Russell and Roblin, 21. Regina is at 17 degrees, Saskatoon 14, Hudson Bay 21, Broadview Mooseman 20, Indian Head 18, Winyard Wadena Kelvington 15. The Yorkton Melville region has a sunny sky, a west southwest wind at 30, gusting to 38 kilometers an hour. 
43% is the relative humidity. The temperature is 21 degrees. That's your agriculture weather, and that'll do it for GX on Agriculture for today. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow at 12.15 Saskatchewan time for another edition of the program. It's time now for the news and sports headlines. The GX on Agriculture podcast has been brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. When you're in the market for a new Ford, stop by Future Ford for a great selection of new and used vehicles.